Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont and welcome to Nest Talk, the best Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we're going to talk about the Ravens' recent win in Pittsburgh, uh, a miraculous game that resulted in a uh, jump in the ratings of the Ravens by many in the media and across the uh, nation of fans. We're also going to discuss the returns of three key players for the Ravens and what that means for the team. Uh, and we will also look ahead to the Browns game this Sunday and predict uh, some three key matchups that'll have a lot to do with the outcome of the game. So once again, I'm Christopher Linfont, and welcome to Nest Talk. So, the Ravens defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers um, this past week. The game finished uh, 26-14 to on Sunday night. Um, I, I will have to bite the bullet on this one. I believed the Ravens would lose this game. Um, I thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers would come out on top, but I was actually wrong. And, you know, when I predict the Ravens to lose, I'm never um, disappointed being wrong. I'm always happy to be wrong when I predict the Ravens to lose. So um, I'm 3-1 and one in predictions this year, and the Ravens are 3-1 and one on the season. So uh, coincidence? Uh, maybe not. But, um, no. Uh, the Ravens defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers um, pretty handedly. The first quarter was the best quarter by far for the Ravens. Um, they came out swinging the first couple drives. Uh, they scored. Um, the first was on a John Brown deep bomb touchdown, and then Alex Collins got a run in uh, for a touchdown. Those were the only two touchdowns of the day. The rest of the uh, scores came from field goals by Justin Tucker. Um but the Ravens started the, the, the game 14-0 on Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh retaliates, gets a couple field goals, and then a touchdown uh, in the second quarter, and um, a two-point conversion. Uh, Antonio Brown scored the touchdown on a uh, miraculous catch over the back of Marlon Humphrey. But that would be it for Pittsburgh scoring. Uh, all came in the second quarter, which statistically, um, they've outscored opponents like 60-something to three in the second quarter. So a really interesting way for the Steelers to... Uh, an interesting facet that the Steelers are very good in the second quarter. For whatever reason, they can pull off uh, a lot of points in the second quarter. But they were not able to score for the rest of the game. As I said earlier, the Ravens scored some field goals after the two touchdowns. Uh, four field goals to be exact, one in the third quarter and three in the fourth quarter. That put them up 26-14. to 14. But the offense still performed very well. Uh, they just couldn't get over the hump and score the touchdown in the, after the first quarter. But... Um, there are some plays that, you know, Flacco took a deep shot uh, a couple times to, to John Brown that he wasn't able to connect on. One was an obvious holding uh, on Joe Hayden, but Hayden was not flagged for it. And then the other time, it, it, the cornerback just pushed it right out of the hands of John Brown uh, in the end zone. If neither of those two things happen, you're looking at two more touchdowns. Um, the Ravens also got into the goal line early in the game with Alex Collins running the ball. Uh, on I think it was first down and, and about and goal from about the one or two yard line, um, Alex Collins fumbled the ball though, and uh, the Pittsburgh recovered. So instead of it would have been twenty one to zero or twenty one to three, I'm sorry, it ended up being fourteen to six, and then later fourteen to fourteen after the Steelers scored the touchdown and, and then the uh, scored on the cons- uh, subsequent um, two point conversion. The Ravens outplayed the Steelers though in basically every factor of the game. Um, so looking at just passing yards overall, Baltimore 355, Flacco is looking great. We'll talk about Flacco's season a little bit later in the show, but we will continue. We, we want to talk about him here. 
in this game specifically, he threw 42 times, completed 28 passes. There were a few drops. Uh, Crabtree had a drop, and then some bat downs and things that really weren't his fault. So if you adjust the completion rating, he'd have a better one, but 20 for 42 is still pretty good. 363 yards uh, passing through the air and the two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, phenomenal game for Joe Flacco that earned um, him our off. I'm sorry, our Ravens player of the week uh, from the BaltimoreFeather.com. Uh, Alex Collins ran the ball 11 times, 42 yards. Buck Allen also got in the game with 10 attempts of rushing for 30 yards. Lamar Jackson got some significant time too in the game. He ran the ball four times for 17 yards. The running game, although not the best, obviously not the best facet of this Ravens offense, um, the passing attack really, really um, is dominating the offense this year, and that's accounting to Flacco's new weapons. But if you look at the rushing yards, they still outrushed Pittsburgh 96 to 19 yards. Time of possession 35 at 03 to 24-57. Uh, only lost one turnover, the Alex Collins fumble. Ravens grabbed two turnovers from um, from the Steelers, including a, uh, a late-game interception by Anthony Levine. Um, so, yeah, the Ravens really did pretty well in that department as well. And then on third down percentage, the Ravens completed 47.06 of them. Uh, the Steelers, 16.67, not nearly anywhere uh, close to the Ravens' um, the Ravens success on third down. Just looking at some of the individual performances for the Ravens, you got John Brown, three receptions for 116 yards. I mentioned those two other passes that could have been huge plays for Brown, but just weren't able to come up with them. Willie Sneed caught six passes. He was the leading receiver, um, just counting pa pass completions of the day uh, for 56 yards. Max Williams looked pretty darn good. He had a trick play, too, where he scored. I'm not. I'm sorry, he ran, he ran for a 22-yard reception. But he caught the ball five times for 51 yards. He's an interesting player. He looks a lot better than he did um, earlier in his career after being drafted in the second round of 2015. But Max Williams has really, you know, come into this Ravens offense um, ready to make a difference this year. Um, very important year for him. Contract year. May not be with the Baltimore next year. So if he's not with the Ravens, he'll be auditioning for other teams effectively this year. And he looks pretty good so far. So he, he may, may even be with the Ravens next year. Depends on what they want to do. Nick Boyle, three catches for 36 yards. Uh, Delaware to Delaware connection right there. Uh, Flacco loves his tight ends. We know that. Um, Crabtree's day wasn't super great. Three receptions were only 29 yards and a drop. Uh, I think it was just one drop over the middle. Um, he also had a pass intended for him that just sailed over his head. Flacco didn't have enough time to really make a precise throw, but if he was able to get get the ball, uh, it would have been a 30-40 yard touchdown easy he would have just been there's nobody near him he would have just gone all the way um yeah so that's that's basically the entire um ravens um offense there and then you have uh, a fumble recovery by tony jefferson and then an interception later by anthony levine senior so um overall great win in pittsburgh it's always great to win at heinz field for the ravens um, a lot of guys did a lot of things in that game. Overall, great performance. The offensive line did very well, too. Flacco, you know, was pressured on a few plays, but not the entire way around. Um, he was able to sit back in the pocket for a long time on a lot of plays and really, you know, gain some stature. Um, that's the reason he's gone from, from a, a very dismal performance in 2017. Uh, low yards per completion. Not a great touchdown interception ratio. It was about... 
uh, 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, I believe. This year he's coming out, he's throwing for uh, almost 7 yards per, per attempt. Um, he's got 8 touchdowns, only 2 interceptions in 4 games, uh, 12, uh, over 1,200 yards so far. He's actually on pace. If he continued this, this exact pace um, for the next 3 quarters of the season, since they've already played 4 games, um, he would throw for about 32 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and 5,000 yards. Um, not saying he's going to throw for 5,000, but my guess would be he'd be over 4,000 yards this season, and this is what's shaping out to be his best season, I think, so far in his career. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens do with him moving forward, um, especially with Lamar Jackson behind him. But the Ravens, after this win, Pittsburgh have shot up in power rankings um, from numerous, numerous outlets um, across the na- across the nation. F- football fans everywhere are starting to recognize that the Ravens are the real deal. I've seen Colin Cowherd even rank the Ravens at number two overall in the league, just behind the Rams. Um, listen, they're good, but I don't know if they're number two good right now. Um, I think we still haven't we don't have enough of a sample size. Once we're six or seven games in, we'll really know what the what the Ravens are capable of. But they, they, you know, we only have four games to go off of. And all four except for the Bengals one, which was shaky in the first half, but they got back into it the second half. Um, they've looked pretty good in the other three. The Bills was a great game. Um, you have the win at Pittsburgh is superb. The win over Denver was solid. The, the storyline, I think, of the, the team this year is really the defense, um, aside from, of course, the offense, doing much better than it ever has for the Ravens. But the defense is able to close games, and that's not something that the Ravens typically will do um, in years past. Under DNP's defense tended to crumble um, in late-game situations and allow for scores um, either to tie tie the game up or, or uh, allow an opponent victory. But this year, the 2018 Ravens do not look like they're going to be able to... I'm sorry, they're going to allow this. Um, but going on to the depth... I'm sorry, the, the um, power rankings here... Um, NFL.com ranks Ravens number 10, ESPN number 7, Sporting News 6, USA Today 9, Sports Illustrated 9, SB Nation 7, Washington Post 7, Bleacher Report 12, CBS Sports 10, Yahoo Sports 8, Pro Football Talk 4, and Fan Sided 10. Um, the Ravens last week, entering last week, were typically placed between, uh, there's a couple 10s here, the highest would be 8, um, but may, a lot of 15s is probably... The median. That's just a lot of number 15s, but they're shooting up in the power rankings. Most of the experts picked Pittsburgh to win the game against Baltimore at Heinz Field. I predicted the same thing. I thought it would be a little bit more high scoring. That wasn't the case, but um, again, I'm always happy when I when I am wrong, when the Ravens lose, and I pre- I'm sorry, when the Ravens win and I predicted them to lose. Um, but what do we make of this Ravens' success? Uh, again, I don't know if we can really make a whole lot out of it, just being so early in the season, but it's a very good indicator that the Ravens are going to be pretty good this season, at least. Um, I looked at um, 538 Sports the other day. Um, they have the Ravens um, projected to go to the playoffs by, last time I checked, by about 73% chance, I believe it was. Um that's a pretty good chance. I know it's so early in the season, and we really probably shouldn't be talking about playoffs just four games in. But 
I mean, you just look at these these predictions and you just can't help but think, like, is this a new Baltimore team? Uh, yeah, 72% chance. I'm sorry, 72% chance of the playoffs. Um, that's a pretty high number. Um, this is definitely a new Baltimore team. You have a revamped offense and you've got a closer defense. Um, so this seems as much more deadly than it was in years past. Um, the success of the Ravens so far this season, it makes me think that they're going to be a little better than they were than I originally thought. Um, I said they could go f- 11 and five this season. That's what I thought they would. They that was in my mind a bit of a stretch. Um, I still think they could go and finish 11 and five, but 12 and four seems kind of nice now. It just just you know the court is only a quarter of the season, but if you look at the opponents and everything. I think 12 and four could be could be a a mark for the Ravens, and of course they would probably win the division at that rate. They'll just have to get past Cincinnati, who is looking good in their own right. Um, no discount to Cincinnati; they look pretty darn good so far this season. But the Ravens haven't even reached their final form, um, and that's the scary part about the team, and probably why a lot of people are shooting them up in the power rankings. Even Count Colin Cowherd uh, shot him up to number two in his power rankings. Why do I say this is not their final form? Uh, they've got three big players coming back. Um, Jimmy Smith is coming back off of a suspension. Hayden Hurst is coming off of a stressed foot fracture, the first round tight end. We have not even seen Hayden Hurst in this offense yet, and this offense is already rolling with John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, Mark Andrews, Max Williams, even in the receiving game. You put in Hayden Hurst there, and it's just going to cause mismatches across the field. So this will be a really interesting offense to see with Hayden Hurst in there. And then, of course, we're getting Willie Henry back um, from his hernia. Big addition on the uh, defensive line. He's he's, he's good in, inside the line, um, primarily a run stuffer, um, but occasionally can get to the quarterback too. He's a depth guy, but, but he is important to this Ravens defense, and that depth will also allow for rotations and guys to stay healthy um, and, and energize throughout games. Um, that's very important, especially in a very physical game like football. But you look at this and you think to yourself, okay, first of all, Jimmy Smith, they're probably going to cut, have to cut a player. Well, they will have to cut a player to get him back. That player will probably be um, Darius Williams. Um, Williams, uh, undrafted rookie free agent, only made the team because of a Stanley, Stanley Jean-Baptiste injury. They thought he would make their roster um, just to have an extra cornerback before Jimmy Smith got back. He got injured, so Darius Williams became the guy. Um, so, I mean, these additions are going to really um, help the Ravens moving forward, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they play with all these guys. But Jimmy Smith is probably the most important figure um, of these three, one of the most important players on the Ravens team, not even defense, but the entire team. Last year had a phenomenal year. A, a, a shutout cornerback type of year. Um, I've never seen Jimmy Smith play as well as he did last year, and him coming back off this injury, I'm sorry, a suspension, uh, you have to think he'll be motivated um, to play well. Because if not, then the Ravens might have to think about parting ways with him soon. I mean, he is getting older. He ha- does have history of injury, and if the suspensions become a problem, I don't know how they'll be able to keep him. But he'll be very motivated to play. This Sunday against the Browns, as will Hayden Hurst, um, his his debut is going to be very interesting to watch, uh, assuming he does play this Sunday. Joe Flacco is bound to take advantage of his mismatch. He's height, his height, he's huge. He's um, he's big. He's strong. Um, Hayden Hurst is 
actually 6'5 to 45 pounds. So just to put that in perspective, um, he's a he's a big, big offensive player. Uh, he's just about an inch shorter than Joe Flacco himself. So, but he's going to be able to pound through players on defense and then catch the ball over them. I mean, we saw in the preseason how dominant he was. It looked like he was a kid in a candy store, just doing whatever he wanted to. I was so happy, just basically dominating uh, secondaries. So we'll have to see how he does um, against the Browns, assuming he plays against the Browns. Um, Willie Henry, uh, we're not completely sure if he will play against the Browns, but you have to imagine he'll return shortly from that hernia surgery. Um, if not the Browns, probably in the next few weeks. Uh, again, he's a, he's a depth um, defensive lineman. He's not going to make, you know, he's not going to be in there the entire game, but he will make plays when he's in there, and he'll provide that rotational ability on the defensive line and, and you know, re-energize that defensive line. Really bring some more tools to the table for Wink Martindale, who's done a tremendous job. He and Marty Mornwake have been very good coordinators so far this season. The play calls on both sides have been phenomenal. Uh, and Wink in his first year, I mean, this is one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. Um, so you've really got you've really got to you know think about how well uh, both these coordinators have done. Um, it's really, really a uh, a phenomenal thing. Um, especially you know thinking the Ravens last year were about middle of the road. Uh, well, they were a good defense, but they you know yardage allowed wasn't really their specialty. And um, right now they're number two in the league in yardage allowed on defense. Um, and the Ravens on offense are number 10 in yards. So, I mean, this is probably, if not the most complete AFC team, one of the most complete AFC teams. And uh, I could really see them competing for Lombardi. But, again, it's really too early to make those kind of predictions. But it could happen is all I'm saying. Um, but now we'll skip ahead to the Browns preview game um, this Sunday uh, one o'clock in Cleveland. The Ravens will take on the Browns. We're gonna do something a little bit different than we usually do. Uh, we usually give you key keys to the game in the podcast, and then do the same thing for the preview and predictions article. Because I give a a, a um, give a prediction for the score and who wins. Um, but this week we're gonna change things up, see how it goes. Um, we're gonna talk about three key matchups. Uh, this is what I used to do in preview and predictions, so I thought it would be kind of cool to bring this back and just use it as a, uh, a podcast um, segment. So, look, three three matchups for the Ravens here that are really going to affect the outcome of the game. It's going to be Jimmy Smith versus Jarvis Landry for the first one. Uh, Jimmy Smith coming off of the suspension. Um, he has to really prove himself, and he's got a good opportunity against Jarvis Landry, one of the better receivers in the league. Um, he's the leading receiver for the Browns, um, and Baker Mayfield will target him a lot. Jimmy Smith has to cover him well. He's met him a few times before uh, on the field. Last year, they dismantled the Dolphins, which Jarvis Landry was on. So Jimmy Smith, familiar with Landry, he, it's a good stepping stone back into playing, and he's got to prove himself that he's going to be ready to go here because they do have Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr uh, behind Smith. So if Smith doesn't doing well off the suspension, they can just plug in either Brandon Carr or Marlon Humphrey to his spot and uh, continue with them moving forward. Um... We've also got Baker Mayfield versus the entire Ravens defense. Baker Mayfield played against the Jets, and then he played against the Raiders. He did well against both, but you have to wonder, um, is he going to be able to do well against the Ravens defense? Look, I'm not really going to be able to answer that question 
Um, I'm leaning towards no because this is probably the best defense he's ever faced, college and NFL. Um, I mean, he's only started two NFL games, but this is probably the best defense he's ever faced, and he may face all season. So this will be a big test for Baker Mayfield and really show where he is along his progression path right now. Um, if he complete, I don't think he's going to completely act like Nathan Peterman in the first game against the Bills. Uh, I don't think he'll act like that, but I do think he'll struggle. Um, he'll play a bit like Case Keenum did. Uh, maybe Probably a little worse than Case Keenum did against the Ravens defense. Numbers probably around 150 yards, maybe a touchdown, a couple interceptions probably. Um, at least one interception, I would guess. He's going to try uh, to force a ball somewhere between one of the secondary um, players, uh, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, Tavon Young, or Jimmy Smith. And he's not going to be able to do that, and it's going to get picked off. Um, it may happen twice. He may, may throw two interceptions, but I, I really think he'll throw at least one. Um, and then Joe Flacco will, will have to come in and be, you know, the obvious veteran um, and now play Baker Mayfield, which I don't think will be much of a difficulty for Flacco, especially with the season he's having so far. Um, but Baker Mayfield versus the Ravens defense. Look for the Ravens defense to send a lot of blitzes at him, uh, to send weird pressures give him something he's probably never seen before, doesn't know how to react to, um, again, especially on those blitzes and, and the pressure, um, and mix up who's, who's blitzing him, you could put Zadarius Smith, Trail Suggs, Matt Judon, you know, all these guys, Tim Williams, just keep rotating them in and out, Brent Urban, just keep rotating them in and out over and over again, and just put them at different places too, is what I would say, just confuse Baker Mayfield, get him more concerned about who's rushing at him than who's downfield to open. If you can do that, then this this game should be a lot easier. Um, I don't think he'll be able to thread the needle. He'll 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 pretty much be dominated. Um, well, not dominated. He'll do okay, but he'll he'll be kind of pushed around a bit by the Ravens' defense, and he'll he won't do very spectacular, but he'll have a decent day for a young quarterback. Um, and the final matchup, the Ravens offensive line versus Browns defensive line. You got Miles Garrett, um, Joe Sher, what is it, Joe Sherbo? I don't I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Schobert, Schobert. I, I I hear him pronounce it all the time, and I think he's a very good player, but I cannot pronounce his name. Uh, other players like uh, Emmanuel Agba are in there. Um, Jamie Collins maybe do some rush rushing. So, um, this this defensive line is, is going to put pressure on the Ravens' offensive line, who, against Cincinnati, with a with a good uh, D-line core of pass rushers, um, really let Flacco take a lot of a lot of hits, a lot of pressures, and that was the reason they lost the game. Um, aside from AJ Green, of course, but the offensive struggle part of it, um, they couldn't they couldn't stop the defensive line from pressuring Flacco and doing th- some things. Uh, to the offense, some deadly things, and that really hindered them in the long run. You got those two interceptions. Uh, one was just a mistake by Flacco. The other, um, he was tipped, but the pressure was consistent throughout the game. Um, if the Ravens' offensive line can hold up against the Browns' defensive line, which I think it probably will, uh, I don't really think Miles Garrett, Joe Sherbet, Sherbo. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Joe Sherbert. I'm really sorry about butchering your name. Um, I think they'll be able to hold this 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 defensive line and protect Flacco, and I think Flacco will have a pretty good day. He usually does pretty well against the Browns, and uh, he may throw three or f- maybe even four touchdowns. We'll have to see, but uh, it'll be an interesting game to say the least. Really, a good marker for both the Ravens and the Browns. You know, if the Browns kind of keep it close, and they're they're you know a better team definitely than they were last year, and confirms my suspicions. If the Ravens um, 
I'm sorry, confirm my suspicions about the Browns, but the Ravens pull away, then they are, you know, are going to be signaled as a pretty good team. Maybe the AFC's best team so far this year. So um, we'll have to see how, how it pans out. But, you know, especially, you know, I don't know if we can say that the Ravens, I'm sorry, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC so far, even when they, you know, they lost the, the Bengals. So if you say the Ravens are the best team in the AFC, well, what about the Bengals, right? The Bengals beat the Ravens, so... Um, but maybe the Ravens are a more complete team. I don't know. But we'll we'll really get to know about uh, around like week six or seven. You know where the Ravens really stand in this this conference. Um, yeah. So that's about it. I uh, won't give a prediction for the Browns game yet. You'll have to find that this weekend on BaltimoreFeather.com for the official score prediction and uh, winner prediction. So that's all we have time for today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Nest Talk episode eleven here. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. Just search up Nest Talk. Follow us on Twitter at Nest Talk. You can follow Baltimore Feather at Be More Feather on Twitter or like the Baltimore Feather on Facebook. Uh, make sure to rate our our uh, podcast on iTunes and, and do it do it honestly. We we totally love feedback. You can email us at info at baltimorefeather.com. Any questions or comments about the podcast uh, or tweet me at Chris Linfont. All right, that'll conclude today's episode. I'm Christopher Linfont signing out for Nest Talk. Have a great day, everybody.